0: 39 Milahot, which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi mushe Schnirb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev Shabbos Kodesh Pashas Nitzavim, the final Shabbos of the year, Taf, Shin, Pei, Bays and a very, very warm welcome to our entire radio family who makes the effort on a very busy Erev Shabbos because this is Erev Shabbos that then leads right into Erev Yontif, which leads into the Yayim Yitnayra of the Kodesh of Rosh Hashanah. And we truly appreciate all of you taking the time to spend a few minutes trying to get some chizah trying to get ourselves ready in the right frame of mind, in the right sort of spiritual dimension as we prepare ourselves for, for Yom Adin. It has been such an honor and a privilege for me to spend Baruch Hashem virtually every year of Shabbos and <clears throat> the year Tosh and Pei Beis, spending a few minutes with you, learning some Torah, giving ourselves some chizah hopefully, encouraging you, strengthening you, buoying you in these times of uh, difficulty, of challenges. This year has been a bit of a crazy, challenging year, but Baruch Hashem we're still here. The Eibishter has seen fit to help all of us get through it all and be here. Be here today. And what is it that keeps us there? So says the Torah at the end of this week's pasha. For Hashem is your life and the length of your days. Hashem is our life. He sustains and infuses us with life. For this alone, we should love Him. To do this, how do we love Hashem? We have to study His Torah for its own sake. Love means to care only for the subject of one's love, not for any other reason. One who studies Torah for any ulterior motives will not come to love Hashem. We love Hashem as a result of our love and study of the Torah. The two go hand in hand. Horav Rubin Kalenstein Zetzal relates a story that he heard from the son of Rav, Shemayo Grineman, Grein- who we know never left the sides of, of the Chazanish. He relates that the great, great-grandfather of the Chaznish was the famed Balapardes and the Rav of Konigsberg. He was a contemporary of the Vilna and often corresponded with him and also with the and Ibishits. Shortly before his passing, the members of his community asked him, Who will be your successor? Who will be our Rav? He instructed them to travel to a certain community and speak with its Rav concerning assuming the Rabbinic leadership of Königsberg. They traveled to the city and after meeting with the Rav, offered him the Rabbanus Of Königsberg, he then asked, "Is there a yeshiva in your community?" But of course, a nice yeshiva with talmidim who spend their days and nights learning. He asked a few more questions before agreeing to accept their offer. He insisted, however, that they remain in the city for Shabbos so that he can address his community and offer the proper leave-taking. Of them. They agreed to spend Shabbos. Friday morning the Rav summoned them to his house and said, I have changed my mind. I will not be joining your community. The men were floored. They thought that everything was settled to each other's satisfaction. What is wrong? They asked. The Rav had agreed. Why is this honor changing his mind? He explained, The following morning, after I agreed to go with you, I noticed my Rebetzin weeping copious tears. I asked what was wrong. She explained that every week she washes the clothes of the Talmudim, students of our yeshiva. In those days, it was a strenuous and difficult job, consisting of heating water and scrubbing the clothes in the the burning hot water. There were many, many students in the yeshiva. Understandably, she was busy with us every day. The heads of the community interjected, We have a group of women whose job it is to wash the students' clothes. The rebbitson will not have to trouble herself anymore. You do not seem to understand, the robe explained. This is the rebbitson's life. With each garment that she washes, dries, and smooths out, she, she partners with the students' learning. That is her Torah learning. My Rebbe said, if you take this from me, I have no reason to live. Without my partnering with the students in their Torah learning, what value is there to my life? How can I deprive my Rebetzin of life? The Chaznish would often relate this story to show the love for Torah evinced by the previous generations. This is 101.9 High FM. Please stay with us. There's so much more coming up. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul on your radio. Erev, Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Nitzavim. This is the ultimate, the final Shabbos of Tov Shin Pei. Gim Pei as we prepare for the entrance of Tashim Pei Gimel Bez Hashem on Sunday night as we begin Rosh Hashanah. And there's so much to talk about, so much we'd like to get into, so much we'd like to understand a lot more about. <clears throat> so in the past year we've talked a lot about what happens on Rosh Hashanah, what the judgment is. I'd like to pick up this year on, on, a, on a very, very important Minig custom that we have on Rosh Hashanah, we do it on the first afternoon of Rosh Hashanah, usually after Mincha, late in the in the afternoon, and that is of course the custom of Tashlich, of going usually to a body of water where there's ideally fish, and asking our so to speak, throwing our sins into the into, the, uh, into that body of water. <clears throat> in fact, the Maril, who is one of the early halakhic authorities, brings in the laws of Rosh Hashanah, the meaning is to go on Rosh Hashanah to a sea, a body of water, or a river, to throw into the depths of the sea all of our sins. And the reason for this is based on what it says in the Medrash, that when Avraham Avinu <coughs> went with Yitzchak to Hara Maria in order to bring him up as a sacrifice, right, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu had commanded him to do. So we know the Satan, the force that tries to stop Jews from doing that which they need to do, right? that which they're commanded to do. So the Satan went ahead of the road and did everything he possibly could to try to convince Avram, to incite Avram, and, and to prevent him from carrying out the mitzvah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to sacrifice his own, his own son. And when Avram Avinu refused to be swayed or even listen to what the Satan had to say, as the Gemara in, in Sanhedrin uh, uh, says, so then the Sultan way went and made, created in front of Avram and Yitzchak a huge river in order that they wouldn't be able to ford that river, to cross that river, and get to, get to Amaria. Avram and Yitzchak didn't even care about that law. They went right into the water until the water reached all the way to their necks. And then Avraham Avinu lifted up his eyes to Shemayim. And he said, Master of the universe, you revealed yourself to me. And you said, take your son, your only son, the one you love, take Yitzchak. Your command was to go to Haramaria. And bring him there as a carbon, as a sacrifice. And I never questioned your words. I didn't second guess you. And I never ever uh, considered even uh, uh, not listening to what you said. And you, if in fact we are going to drown in this river, then who is going to publicize your name? Who is going to create the Kiddush Hashem that I was about to do it? Right? How <laughs> He says, "Hakadosh Baruch Hu, save me! Kibow mayim at nafesh, because water has come all the way up to my neck. If I go any further, I'm going to drown straight away." Hakadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, yelled at the Satan, and, and the river went away. The Zayakadosh brings down in Pashas VaYikra that the ceremony, the whole, the incident of Akedah Yitzchak took place on the day of Rosh Hashanah and therefore it's specifically that the Torah reading on Rosh Hashanah is on the second day of Rosh Hashanah we read the story of the Akedah Yitzchak of the binding and, and almost bringing of, of Yitzchak as a sacrifice and therefore he says for this reason we also have this minute to go to a river to say to remember, to remind Hashem of the sacrifice of Avram and Yitzchak. Now, we need to try to understand a little bit here what, what's going on. What is our going to a river or to a, a body of water or to a, or to a sea and particularly, well, what did I have to do there? Particularly that Rav Yosef Chaim the Benny Shchai wrote in his Sefer, Oid Yosef Chai in Pashas Matas that the whole beautiful benefit of doing Tashlich is only the fact that it's an impetus for us to do Tshuva. In fact, as he says, some people think that on the day of Rosh Hashanah, when they go to the water and they and they read the process of Tashlich, that's enough. That there they sort of throw away their are of the whole year, they dump it into that into that uh, body of water, and now they're free, they have no more sins, their pockets are empty, they have no more averas, no more indiscretions. <laughs> he says of Yah I'll kind of, quote his words, Devorim Elushtusem. You know, some things are, are 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 don't make sense, some things aren't aren't bad, some things are even worse. They're just absolute nonsense. Says why? Because the Averis don't separate from a person just by going to the water, and a person is not going to be be separated from them at all, only through a person doing tshuva, that that is a complete tshuva replete with lots of Torah learning and lots of of davening and recitation of 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 confession and and regretting the sins that you've done and, and tears and after a person gets involved in real tshuva in the month of Elul and on the fast of Erev Rosh Hashanah then comes Rosh Hashanah and now he comes to do the Seder of Tashtach by the water where the concept of that is that all the accusers that were created through all of his Averus he throws them into the into the into the sea and 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 the and the the great accuser the Sultan himself goes goes with them that they shouldn't be able to remember and they shouldn't be able to prosecute any more of his of of his sins. That's when Tashlach can be can be a, a, a effective so that's how he explains so so beautifully the, the apostle the apostle says mm-hmm. that it's a it's halacha in about about the laws of how one purges how one purges a, a vessel from impurity, from, from uh, something that is not kosher. So it depends how it became non kosher. So the process is called anything where the heat, where the pro- prohibited substance was invested in the clean through fire. Ba'ish, you put it in fire, it becomes pure. On some, you need just to stir uh, water. And that, that never uh, came to fire, you my, then you can put it in water. So, uh, uh, he says, and, and then you can come back into the into the camp. So he explains, when it says, <laughs> anything that has gone to fire, that means all the alveiris and all the iniquities themselves that were sort of, were brought, right? Well, the Torah has warned us, sort of, with, with fire, the Torah, which is called, which is fire has warned us. So those sins, you have to remove them by involving yourself in fire. What's fire? Involvement in, in Torah. And through that, then you'll become pure. Then the sin will become a, a, a merit. But you need also, you also need water. That's the tears Right, that that, that that come from the eyes of of a person. That through that, through the Torah and the the crying of of tshuva, that helps to complete the process of of, of purity. And in fact, as the uh, as the Arizal asking that a person should daven Tzivos Mus of Rosh Hashanah with tears, with crying, and 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 also to to. Uh, to shed tears at the time of blowing blowing the shoifer then after you've did all of that on Rosh Hashanah right and you learned Torah and you davened with tears then all the sins that don't come to fire in other words all the accusations all the bad things that were created from your averis which don't have any more uh, a connection because and the Torah, because the Torah we said is compared to, to fire, because they, they're unfortunately from the other, other side. They're, they're, they're full of tumor, where they have, they're, right? So, there, Taviru Asamamayim, those, are various. after you've done this whole process, then Tashlich will work. At the end of the day, then you'll be able to go to the water and then, and then throw away your sins. Then you'll be able to come and greet the Skinner on, on, Yom, on Yom Kippur, because then as he says, you'll be all Tzadikim, you'll be then from the, 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 the camp of the of the Skinner and you'll be yourselves, will be like Malch We'll come back with lots more on this topic. This is 101.9 Chai FM, soul to soul, please stay with us, we're only just beginning. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 One Point Nine FM. This is soul to soul. Back on your radio air of Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas This is the last Shabbos of the year. Tav Shin Pei We are getting ready, incredibly quickly, to greet the Shana Tav Shin Pei Gimel Five Seven Eight Three Habol which is going to be Ezel Shem. Start on Sunday night, and we are working on. How are we going to get ready for it? And we just learned a, fan, a fascinating piece from the Ben Ishchai, that Tashlech, people think we go to the water and we just empty out our pockets, ah, and I'm free. And he says, it doesn't work that way. There has to be a whole process of learning Torah, of doing Tshuva, of tears, of, of real, real, real self, self-recrimination before, and then once you've done that, then the Tashlech, the tashlich helps, and that's what we're saying. According to the holy words of the of of the bene, bene shchai, that the whole beautiful benefit of tashlich is only through previously doing doing tshuva. So doing tshua. So therefore, we have to ask: What's the point then to go specifically to a river? But doesn't the tshuva itself help even without going to the river? So what is what is that? end of the process what is that final step of the process going to the river what does that actually accomplish for us at all it's the tshuva we're being told that's the main thing it's the learning Torah it's it's the real real sort of taking a hard good look at yourself and and seeing where you've gone wrong and resolving and regretting that you've what you've done wrong and resolving to do better and, and saying all the the hard steps of of tshuva what then really does tashlech actually accomplish so perhaps we can begin to explain the concept of going to a, a river. we said, is to, to remind us of the river of Avram Avinu. That, of course, it was, a, it, was a, it was a fantasia, it was just an image that was created by the Satan to show us that the whole power, the whole influence, the whole hold that the Yitzhara has over us, It's only an imagination. It's only a mirage. And if a person will get to that understanding that what the Yetzirah is trying to present us and trying to show us is reality and, and beauty and fulfillment, it's nothing more than just a dream. It's nothing more than just a fantasy. Then, if you realize that, then you have the you have the recipe to be able to be victorious over yetzirah and therefore at the time when a person really wants to accept upon himself the mitzvah of doing chuva and doing it properly go to the river in order to get to this understanding that the we have the ability to overcome the yetzirah and to really really make positive changes in ourselves, because all the gate is is just an imagination and as as the gemara in fact says the gemara says in in brachas so one of the names given to the sahara is saar the yeast in the dough the 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 yeast is is just simply the the uh the parasites the little uh, little things that just develop and and make the dough sort of get big and and look amazing and and look and look wonderful and and grow in other words it becomes a big dough full of air and the same way as as this yeast sort of causes the dough to rise and make it big so too the Yetzirah develops and, and, and creates this whole imaginary pretense to a person of, of, of how beautiful this, this, this desire is. And look, what, look what, how wonderful. If you do this thing, it's going to change your life. He has this whole speech of, 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 of lies that, that he tells you. And he all just makes it look so beautiful. And he, and he creates this amazing image and shows you as if there's actually something in what, he's, in what he's trying to get you to do. And by that, he's able to trap you in his, in his, in his holds. For example, the Gemara in, in Shabbos says on Duf Kufnun Beis Chazal make a drosha on a pasuk. The pasuk says, Kihu. Omar vayehi, Hashem said, and it came into existence. And the b'risa says, what this is this referring to is uisha. This is referring to a woman. And of course, while the Gemara uses the analogy of a woman, it refers to all of us. When you think about, it, what is a human being? So the, the Gemara describes it incredibly graphically. And says, what is it? It's, it's a leather jug full of excrement, and its opening is full of blood, and everyone is running after it. And Rashi says, what do you mean? This refers to a, a woman. He says, if it wasn't for the fact that HaKadosh Baruch had decreed it as such, so why would there be any such a thing as desire as a relationship between man and woman? I mean, what are we? We're nothing. We're just physical mess and and, and excrement and, and, and blood. And yet, there's such an attraction that goes on in this world between men men and women. In other words, that if it wasn't for the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu absolutely built that into the creation, that men and women are attracted to each other, if you think about it, totally logically, it was absolutely appropriate that every that there should be no connection at all between man and women. It's just all imagination. It's all imaginary. And in fact, as the Gemara says, the Gemara says in, in Yumaan, that in the time of Nehemia, the Chachamim the got rid of the Yeh Sahara for Ava Yedzara. Ava was something that was incredibly attractive. We don't understand it. Why would someone want to buy down, bow down to, a, to an image or something? It's, it's, it makes no sense to us because of the fact that the, the, the great sages removed that, that incredible burning desire for it. So therefore, it doesn't make any sense to us. And when... HaKadosh saw that this was a, 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 a moment of tremendous, tremendous desire before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they thought they could accomplish amazing things. So they asked, could we also then maybe remove the, the, the Yetzirah, the tremendous desire for forbidden relationships? And they were successful. Hashem agreed. But after that they saw that the world stopped functioning. No one was having a children. The Gwara says that they, they couldn't even find a, a, a hen that had laid an egg. And therefore, they were in doubt. What should they, what should they do? Because if they're going to kill and destroy that Yetzirah, then the world was going to cease to exist. There's no one, and there's no one going to, going to there's no continuity. And we know, the world was not created to become desolate. On the other hand, it's impossible that we could create a situation where a person is going to have total control and and not be tempted by, by these things that he'll only want to be together with his wife or partner and not with anyone else. So that, that was the quandary they placed because that uh, in Shemayim you can't have it both ways. In other words, either you're going to get completely rid of the etzara and then the world ceases to exist or it's going to carry on as normal at full strength and then you have all the problems and all the immorality that goes on in the world. You can't have it in half measures. You can't get rid of half the etzara, And therefore they they what they decided was they so to speak they put in in its eyes some kind of a salve and at least it helped that the sahara would not uh, uh, have a strong influence on, on a person that he shouldn't want to at least be intimate with his own relatives at least that would help, but it wouldn't necessarily be a guarantee to remove, to remove Taiva, to remove all sorts of, of, of promiscuous relationships from, from, the, uh, from, from the world. So we see from here that the Yetzirah, this yeast in the dough. That's what causes us with his imagination and and his fantasy to blow everything up, to make everything look so real, look so beautiful. You know, it's all it's all marketing and, 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 and you know, and, and that's how that's how he that's how he chases us and that's how he makes us run after all kinds of perceived uh, uh, benefits as if there's something in it. And the reality is everything is just imagination and when we finally get to the point where that uh, that uh, you know just like we thought that the the this molten image that people used to bow down to was that real and therefore when they got rid of the yetzara so therefore we saw it no longer has. It was like putting that proverbial pin in the balloon, just fizzled out, and they saw it was absolutely nothing. And there's not, and that's why there's no no drawing power today at all to our way to Zara because that imaginary pull was pulled away. And therefore, we have to learn also as far as all types of uh, relationships that the the kayak that causes us to be drawn after after women, is again the incredible imagination and perception that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has has allowed us to develop for ourselves. Now, the time for fulfilling this mitzvah of of Tashlech, according to the Yairizahs we saw saw before, they said the time to go is on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, after Mincha, just before, before sunset. And that's what's brought in other places that the time is before Davka before sunset. And that's brought in several several places. In the Medrush also, Ali Raba. It, it it brings that. And the Khidah brings it at all. That that is the best time, right? To say it at that time, in the sort of the half hour before before Shkir. Why? Because that was the time when Adam Arishan was forgiven for his for his son. As as the uh, it's brought in the in the, in the psipta that on the seventh day on the first day of the month it says it comes out that on the day of Rosh Hashanah on um, the the uh, he gives the, the the events that took place on that day Adam Rish was created on Rosh Hashanah in the first hour Hashem had conceived to create man in the second hour he. Took counsel with the with the malachim. In the third hour, he gathered the the dust that would be needed to create him. In the fourth hour, he kneaded that that dust. In the fifth hour, he he shaped him. In the sixth hour, he made him into into an entity. In the Seventh hour, he gave him an shomer. In the eighth hour, they went into Gan Eden. In the ninth hour, he gave them a command. In the tenth hour, uh, he. Violated Hashem's command in the 11th hour, he was judged, and in the 12th hour, just before Shabbat started, he walked out crying. Says Hu to Adam. This should be a sign for your children. In the same way, as you stood before me in judgment on this day, and you and you came out crying, so too your children will stand before me in judgment. On this day and they'll come out. When is that? By Khadish Akhla on the day of, R- of Rosh Hashanah. Now there's some who make the effort to go to the river. Uh Dafka that has fish. And we see f- five different reasons why this is appropriate. The Levush brings down that we the custom is to go to a place where we see fish. Why? To remember. That we are like live fish that are trapped in a in a trap. So too we are always entrapped in the trap of the of death and and judgment. And hopefully through that, well, that should that should uh, move us to to invest more thought in in doing in doing tshuva. In fact, uh, uh, he he brings it a bit a bit better. He says, the the fish are are, uh, are trapped again by by, by the cunning of man they put something nice on the hook and the fish wants something nice, and he goes after it and he gets and he gets uh, he gets hooked so too the the Sultan dangles something nice in front of us, something attractive in front of us, and we grab onto it and he hops us and that 's why we say tashluk in a place with his fish so that we too can realize that all our invades come because we 've been enticed by the satan and hopefully we can do we can do a, a tshuva in the eliyah Zutza, which is a commentary on Levush, he brings two other reasons why we go to where there's fish first of all it's a sign that uh, the ayin should not have any hold over us just like fish and therefore, we should be able to multiply and become many like, like fish do. And in fact, the, uh, the Alter Rebbe and the al Chorab brings that reason also. And the second reason is because we know fish do not have eyelids and their eyes are open all the time. Again, to arouse us that there is an eye, there's a camera on all the time. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is always watching us. <laughs> Hashem never sleeps. Hashem never slumbers, and, and and He's always looking to have compassion on us. And that's also brought by the the El I think the Tamim also also brings. He uh, brings also from the safer. Sharbas Rabim, where he wants to, to say that I heard that Dugim, the the uh, the Rosh of the word Dugim is that there's Yud Michlin Derachami that there's thirteen uh, 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 kind of wells of, of, of mercy that 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 are attached with. And therefore, we go by Tashlok to a river which has fish. Because and we say that Mikel Kameicha, who is like you, which alludes to the thirteen uh, uh, attributes of our Baruch, who's Baruch a, a, a And perhaps we could say another reason. The the uh, the says and tries to explain why do we eat fish on Shabbos, a specific uh, a, a minig. Some people have discarded it, I don't know, but there's a specific meaning to eat fish on on Shabbos. It says why? Because all living items, right, uh, have a mitzvah to be shechted and then salted fish. There's no such mitzvah. You can eat them as they is, And therefore, they need, they're, they're sort of mitzvahless. So therefore, we do a mitzvah by eating them on, on Shabbos. So, so it says, based on that, he wants to say the reason we go to the place where there's fish is just like the Dogim don't have any mitzvahs. And nevertheless, HaKadosh Baruch Baruchu keeps them in, in, in this world and, and, and sustains them. So too, HaKadosh Baruch should keep us alive and, and feed us and sustain us and, and, and keep us going. Even if Chas we don't have that many mitzvahs either, just like the fish. Perhaps another reason we could say is that the Ramah brings down that uh, the union of saying Tashlich by a river and he based it on, on the Shulchan Aruch that one should eat the head of a lamb on Rosh Hashanah. It's a good sign that we should be the a head and not, and not a tail. And the Ramos says, and we go to the river to say the of Apostle yam He will be thrown into the depths of the sea all of their sins, etc. Right? And... Uh, and it would seem that what the Ramah is trying to hint to this is that, the, that there is a uh, connection uh, between the, the eating of the heads, the head of the lamb, and going to the river. As, as in fact, the, the Gemara says in Croesus in that a person should get used to doing all kinds of good simonim at the beginning of the year, right? So, too. Just like eating the, the head of the, of the of the sheep is a good semmon, so too going to throw uh, one's sins in the sea is also simon and milsa that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should throw all of our sins into the depth of the of the of the sea. And of course, really, what's the connection of the, the, the minig of eating the the head of a of a sheep? Together uh, uh, to to connect to, and, and why not some other some other animal? So the Medrash brings brings a uh, uh, name of of, of that the Jewish na- nation is compared to a sheep. Just just as a sheep, if you hit it anywhere in its body, the whole body is is hurt. So too by the Jewish nation, if one Jew is suffering, we all feel that suffering. There's this tremendous, tremendous unity, this ahtus in in the Jewish in the Jewish uh, uh, nation. And uh, and that's what it means that we should be ahead and and not and not a tail. We want to be great, but never do it by climbing over someone else's someone else's back. But always do it together as, as unity. And therefore and therefore we put, we, we choose to go Tashlich where the fish is to to hint the the actors that we have uh together and when we when we uh accept by ourselves to do something it's not just us we're doing it all of christ all together and we say it in the same way as we care about each other A would care about us and give all of us what we need so that we and our families and our communities together can have a wonderful wonderful Shana Tova. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Please stay with us. There's lots more to talk about. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb, only on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM, Soul to Soul, back on your radio. Erev Shabbos, Kodesh, Pashas, Nitzavim. the final Shabbos. In this year, this beautiful, monumental year of Tuf Shin Pei Beis, with all of its challenges, all of its difficulties, all of its highlights and lowlights, but we look forward with great expectancy, with great optimism, with great hope, with great desire for the new year Shin Pei Gimel which begins on Sunday night the Shem with the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. But of course, first, we have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, Shabbos Pashas Nitzavim. And as we always do at this point on the show, to give you the important details, you need to know to get your Shabbos rolling. So, this afternoon, the earliest time for Ben Shelecht is at 4.48, 12 minutes before 5 o'clock. That is the earliest time. And really, we, 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 it, it behooves us. Last Shabbos of the year, to show Hashem HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we love your Shabbos. We we, we look forward to your Shabbos. We crave your Shabbos. And therefore, we want to get into it as early as we can, as soon as we can. We want to jump on the bandwagon at the first possible moment and accept Shabbos into our lives, especially this week where various places have various... Uh, uh, uh load shedding at different at different times, and we have challenges in getting food hot and keeping food hot and getting things ready. That is our challenge that's what I Baruch Hu wants from us obviously there's some message and it has nothing to do, nothing to do with escom. This is all from the hand of our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And there's a message there, there's an Nesayun there, there's a test there. But we have to stand up and we have to say, it's not going to stop me. Nothing of this is going to deter me from my Avodah Hashem. So let's try this week. Use whatever tactics, whatever plans, whatever strategies we need. Let's get our Shabbos started. As early as possible, 4.48 is the earliest, <coughs> the latest time for benching lift. This afternoon is at 5.46, 14 minutes before 6 o'clock. By that time, you really have to have everything organized. If the lights go on at 4.30 or 5, get things hot, so that you can put it on whatever heating device you have and get it ready for the, the, the Suda. Make sure the water is hot. Make sure everything is in place before 5.46, because that's when Shabbos reigns supreme. The steer is at 6.04. So that really, if you uh, are in a dangerous situation and you have your mamashia are desperate, then you have those extra 18 minutes, but certainly not to rely on that lechatchila at all. But make sure that 5.46 is actually your deadline. So 6.04 is Ishkiah, if you want to be able to daven mairev. Bismillah and, and not have to repeat Krishma again later. So then you just have to wait to about 622 and that's already night and you can daven in Marav. And then, we have a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos, some time together with family, with friends, with good, good food. Lights on, lights off. It's irrelevant. We can still glow with the Shabbos warmth, with the Shabbos beauty, with the Shabbos finesse, and make it, this last Shabbos of the year, a very, very special, special one. Tomorrow morning, may we lay just Pashas Nitzavim by itself, the way the year falls out. We have uh, uh, still another two Shabbosas before before Sukkot, so we lay just Nitzavim, all of, 40 psukim is the entire the entire pasha, but boy, is it packed. It's all about doing tshuva and, and the ramifications of yes doing tshuva and not doing tshuva and the beauty of making real significant choices in our lives. The haftarah is the very last of the seven beautiful haftiras of of, uh, comfort, says sis, I'll rejoice, I'll, 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 I'll gladden my heart in my relationship with our Kaddish What a beautiful, beautiful after to end off the year and, and kind of launch us into, into, uh, a Rosh Hashanah, of course, um because it is before Rosh Hashanah, even though this is the last Shabbos of the month, we don't uh, we don't bench for This is not Shabbos Mubarakim. We're in too much of a state uh, before Shoshana to to uh, do that sort of ceremony. But we realize that it is the Shabbos just pre- immediately prior to, to Rosh Hashanah. In in the afternoon, we're going to finish off our half-year uh campaign, which started the first Shabbos after Pesach and now ends on the final Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah and therefore we will read Prokim Hei and Vav 5 and 6 today as we complete Perki for the fourth time in, in this, in this uh, cycle. Hopefully you found something there that made a bit of an impression on you and something you can, you can uh, uh, work on. Shabbos Kurdish ends tomorrow night at 6.36, 24 minutes before 7, and that launches us right into Erev Yontav, right into Erev Rosh Hashanah, which is always a very, very busy day, especially since you yeah, just have the one day between Shabbos and Yontav. Lots to do in the kitchen, lots to do elsewhere, lots of slickers to say, lots of things to Get get done. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful day, but a day that needs to be used and utilized in in the proper in the proper manner and 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 kind of focusing us on Rosh Hashanah at hand. I want to in our lucky slot just spend a little bit of time on one of the practices that is relevant that is often in many communities performed on ere Rosh Hashanah. Some places they do it on. Erev, Erev Yom Kippur, and that is the the mitzvah of Hatoras Nidorim, of nullifying any vows we may have we may have made. It's just a couple of, of points around that. It's, it's not that well understood what and how. So, firstly, is a person. Uh, let's say, uh, let's say this, another custom we have uh, on Erev Shon is we fast, on Ever Hashanah, not the whole day, but sort of maybe till uh, midday. Midday is about 12 o'clock. We then break the fast in the afternoon because we don't want to go the whole day fasting because, you know, then we get to the very first mirev on, on Rosh Hashanah night and we, we don't want to put all our power and all our kayak and all our concentration into it and we're famished and exhausted and it's been a long hot day and, and we haven't eaten. So therefore we don't fast the, the whole the whole day. So a person, let's say, who always had the custom to fast on their and Hashanah and um, is, are they obligated to continue fasting uh, year in, year out, even if one no longer is so uh, able, if one's not as robust as, he, as, they, as they used to be. So the Shulchan Aruch writes, that it's become a custom to fast, I saying, until until on Era Rosh Hashanah. Many men, especially during their younger years, kind of adopt this custom, but find it difficult to maintain as they get older. So the process for giving up fasting on Erev Rosh depends on how the custom was adopted originally there are three sort of possible scenarios number one if the custom was accepted initially as a lifelong commitment i'm going to do this for as long as i live then one must do one must annul one's vow in front of three of three uh, of, of a based Two, if the custom was accepted initially on a year-by-year basis, so then no ataras nadarim, a vows, is required at all. And three, if the custom was accepted initially without specifying the length of the commitment, you just, yeah, someone said it was a good thing to do, just said, yeah, I'll do it, without particularly uh, uh, thinking about am I going to do it every year, I'm going to do it one year. So then... One follows the general principle that any proper custom or behavior which was accepted without a blineder, without saying specifically that this I don't want this to become a a, a promise, so automatically becomes like a neder, becomes a binding commitment, and may not be dropped unless one one does. Okay, we're going to come back with a few more points in our last segment. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And this is the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Musha Schnurr, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Back on your radio ahead of Shabbos Kodesh ready for We are talking about Ataras Naderim and the truth is the question is can anyone be a member of the Bezdin for the purpose of annulment of vows of Ataras Naderim and the answer really is yes. Any adult male can be a member of the court even if he is actually related <coughs> to either the other members of the court or to the person who is petitioning for mekhira. Now, these three judges suffice for Ataras taras There are some paiskim who prefer 10 or 11 judges, (coughs) but the practice, the custom, the meaning is that we use just three. What about women? Do women officially have to annul their vows on Erev HaShoshana. So, the truth is, HaToros on Erev HaShoshana, even for men, is only a Minuk, not an obligation. It was never customary for women to annul their vows on Erev HaShoshana. And there is therefore no compelling reason to begin such a custom now. Now, Many men are accustomed to include their wives' vows at the time that they annul their own vows. L'chatchila, a wife should actually appoint her husband to be her sheliach, her emissary, for annulling her vows. If, however, she forgot to do so, her husband may still annul her vows for her without actually being expressly appointed as her emissary as long as he is absolutely certainly sure that she wants him to annul her vows for her. A married woman who had a specific vow that she must annul and does not wish to appoint her husband as her shaliach should do so in front of a court of three judges although her father and brother or any other relative may be members of that court, her husband may not be a member of the court. A daughter cannot appoint her father or anyone else to petition the court on her behalf. For the annulment to be valid, the petitioner and the members of the courts must understand exactly what is being said. A petitioner who doesn't understand the published Hebrew text should rather annul his vows in a language that he understands, in a native language. Children under Bar mitzah, even a boy over the age of 12 and a girl over 11, do not need to perform but get to Shul Sunday morning and, and do it. Well, that's about all the time we have this year. Let me just, first of all, take the opportunity to thank every single member of our radio family for taking the time to put on the radio, put on your device, and listen to us. And let me end by taking this opportunity to wish every single person within the sound of my voice a ksiva chasimah a good and wonderful benched year, a year full of happiness, a year full of health, a year full of nachas, a year full of parnasa, and most of all, a year full of shalom of peace, internal and external, so that we have the ability to enjoy all of Hashem's other, other blessings. To each and every one of our radio family, a good Shabbos, and a ksevivaka simutova to you all.